because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want, and in this case, they got what they asked for. <laughs> I went off script a little bit. <laughs> Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front. Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve. Welcome to the Ruthless Variety program. Good Tuesday to you all. Wow. What a exposing quote that was from our vice president Kamala Harris. I I, I love that thing because I'm anticipating uh, we're going to see a lot of it oh. in some ads this fall. My Lord. They they got what they voted for, and then it's just like uh, inflation. Uh, kids wearing masks. Open borders. Uh, open borders. CRT. CRT. Yeah, I, I think that's going to make a compelling ad, especially with the cackling at the end. It's in, it's insane because, you know, you would think when you are in a situation, they have like record low approval ratings. Clearly, everything they've done has been a disaster. You can't run on the record. No. You have to demagogue here, folks. Like, I mean, this is a, this is a no-brainer. How are you going to run on the record? Dude, ABC Washington Post had him in the 30s yeah. The weekend. 30s. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I think, like, stepping on a Lego is at least in the 40s, right? Like, <laughs> Things are very dire. Things are very bad. Things are very bad. What is not bad is the variety program that we have for you today. That's right. We have Mary Catherine Ham here today. For those of you who don't know Mary Catherine, boy, she's just a bright, refreshing, yeah, uh, wonderful human being. But also, I mean, she can really bring the knife out. She can. She's a delight. I mean, a great follow on Twitter if you aren't already. Yeah, completely. She's great. So she's with us today. Um we're alluding to we're not committing yeah we're, we're working on maybe a secret project that'll drop this is tuesday when you're hearing this so so maybe tonight maybe tonight uh keep keep your eyes peeled to the ruthless twitter account for an announcement and if duncan can get it <laughs> oh, i knew he was gonna do it i knew because he was gonna do that's it that's the last wrinkle is everyone's on board yeah you know we're gonna make this happen we just gotta make sure duncan can make it happen. yeah it's the best is best part about our production meetings is when, you know, Smug's like, yeah, I'm going to tease something. I was like, all right, well, that's that's fine. Just don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I got you. First. <laughs> so the State of the Union, obviously, is tonight. Uh, we're endeavoring to do something with yeah, that. We'll, we'll see. F- the technical hurdles, Duncan says, are great, but he says he can do it. So I have faith in, in our friend Duncan yeah. because the people want this. I mean, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I think it's going to happen. I've got my faith in Duncan. I'm putting. I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Well, that's it's nice. Gonna you know, I appreciate that. It's gonna pal. happen. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So no, I guess it has to. Um, so all right. We so, like tease the heck out of something. I hope to God <laughs> we pull off. I hope we do it. Otherwise, we're a bunch of jackasses. Yeah. Uh, that's the motivation. Should we start with some five stars? Sure. Uh, Michael, you want this first one? Okay. Uh, rewards are great. Uh, the title is great work. Like many others, I heard about you guys from Megyn Kelly's podcast. I'm so thankful for all of you finding and speaking the truth about all of these issues we face today. You are giving a voice to the average hardworking American. 
Keep up the great work, guys. Quote, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Ah, it's wonderful. It's nice. I like that. Nice sentiment. Yeah, I, I want to read the next one because I think that leads perfectly into it. This is from Shaman702, titled Uncommon Sense. Thank you for bringing a straight-up source of common, I mean uncommon sense, to the news that matters. And 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 I, I loved that previous five-star where they say, you know, you're, you're giving a voice to the average, hardworking American. Because I truly believe the news, the media absolutely does not care absolutely does not cover it and quite you know to the opposite they try to like turn them into a villain like we saw with right. this whole like truck drivers trying to protest yeah and what we do here and, and uh you know we're thankful for our listeners is we try to bring you the information as it is not the propaganda that's coming from the left 100 percent uh the final one from howard donut entitled fellas swear more you cowards <laughs> i love that Something tells me that's a pen name. <laughs> call, me, call me crazy. Mr. Donut knows what he speaks. He's, he's uh, listen, you're going to get a little something regardless here. Um, let's start with the real stuff, right? Okay. For anybody who has been anywhere near a television set or a radio or the internet uh, over the last week, you're entirely consumed with what's happening in Ukraine. Incredibly distressing visuals um clearly i think we all share in the sentiment that um it's just a catastrophic loss of human life and totally unnecessarily done for for so many reasons there was a headline over the weekend that was particularly distressing because we know that the world the global community has sort of gotten together and figured out economic sanctions to the point where the ruble is now at an all-time low, uh, markets in Russia are closed. Uh, they've shut off banking access for almost everything in Russia. And you know that Putin's in a really tough situation from a, a global leadership standpoint, from an economic standpoint, that he doesn't have a lot of good decisions to make, right? And so it concerns a lot of people that he would reach for unbelievable measures to try to write what he's, the path that he's going on. Um, there was a headline over the weekend that Putin puts Russia's nuclear deterrent forces on high alert as tensions rise with the West. The misleading word there is deterrent forces because it's not a deterrent in that anybody else is going to be nuking Russia. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, mean, like, I love it that the way that they frame that. It's like our deterrent forces. Um, no, I mean, the only people that are talking about nuclear weapons at this point is Russia itself. Right. It's and, like, I'm going to pull out a gun in case you pull one out. Right, right. <laughs> and aiming at your forehead. Yeah, right. And along those lines, I think it'd be good to bring up uh, the reason why well, I feel one of the reasons that Russia was able to be so bold as to invade Ukraine is because Bill Clinton convinced the Ukrainians to give up their nuclear weapons. And that did happen. That, that, that is a fact. The best idea. There's a bunch of different things. You know, I was talking to somebody over the weekend who's had a lot of um, experience in the intel community and in our military and, you know, has got a, just a ton of different clearances over the years and has been working this set of issues. But a lot of the nuclear non-proliferation uh, activity that's happened between the United States, the world really, and, and Russia is focused on getting rid of nuclear weapons, right? And mm -hmm. so the first stage, as you just mentioned, with Clinton is getting rid of some of these formerly Soviet places, getting just getting rid of them, right? Which 
you can argue, make your arguments about whether that was a good idea today. But one thing that Russia did not do that the United States did do was try to retract what they call tactical nuclear weapons. In other words, small nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. things that have you know, a, a significantly lesser a load of nuclear activity than the typical missiles that... Like the suitcase bomb. I like, I like the bomb. term small nuclear weapon. It's like jumbo shrimp. Yeah. It's like a real oxymoron. Totally, right? <laughs> but Russia hasn't done that. And so a, I think a real feel, fear from those who are in the know about what's going to happen in Russia is that he, this guy's back so far into a corner that they start unleashing tactical so nuclear weapons. Can I give weapons. my like, a weird little aside on, on this situation? Something I think isn't discussed enough is, shockingly, the brilliance of George H.W. Bush, who he was president when the Berlin Wall fell. The Soviet Union is crumbling. And, I mean, this is an unprecedented crisis. A country full of nukes is falling apart. Right. Right? And he manages, because if there's one thing the guy knew, it was foreign policy. I mean, he was an absolute Director master. of the CIA. Does not get yeah. the credit he deserves for being so good mm-hmm. at it. He gets all these little countries, these new countries that were formerly part of the Soviet Union, that have nukes, that have armies and everything. He makes sure not a single one of them fires off a nuke. There's no madman causing any trouble. Navigates that. Yeah. And then, you know, gets punished for, for being a good president. Bill Clinton comes in and he's like, hey, guys, I got an idea. Give me in about 20 years. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, that's actually really good. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Smug. Who knew? Who knew? Wow. He's, he's a few got, drinks and I got a Clinton impression. He's a man of many talents. <laughs> that's incredible. We're going to have to put that to use yeah. more often. Well, you know, our current president was asked a question about what his views are on the possible nuclear threat. Would you guys like to hear his answer? I'd love to. Mr. President, are you worried about nuclear war? Nothing. You know, as jarring as it was for him to be like, no comment, his walk. Did you guys see the video of this? Yes. I mean, that was horrific alone. The walk that he has is like every ounce of my focus is trying to move right foot, then left foot, right foot, then left foot. I I thought the Marine at the door was going to have to grab the guy (laughs) and carry him inside and be like, Mr. President. Well, it looked terrible. But but, I mean, at the backstory is he was heading back from from Delaware. I hope he had a good weekend. Right? Restful, hopefully. I don't know. Like, I fundamentally don't understand that. Yeah. I, I just don't understand what so, about... So the White House is like, so he had to leave town for a funeral. And sadly, I've I've been to many a funeral in my time. And you go there, you help the bereaved, you stay as long as they need you. But I think if, if, if folks there knew, I think it was his, like, daughter-in-law's cousin or something. It wasn't, like, very immediate family. But uh, still, if... if the prospect of nuclear wars on the table and you're the president, I think folks will understand if you're like, all right, you know, if you need anything, let me know. Here's the casserole. I got to right. go. Right. I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I got to work. Wait, we're, not ask, we're, not, we're not asking him to like pitch a tenant in, in, yeah. in, in the situation room and, and live in there. But yeah. like maybe he should just be at the White House. Yeah. Like nobody canceled out. And so he's got to sell the shoes on the floor. Right. Right. I mean, right. this is like actually we're kind of all counting on you here. Yeah. Pal. <laughs> and, and my operating theory is I think, you know. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I can't make this diagnosis. I don't think Putin is in the best mindset because in terms of any sort of logical sense, this is 
a very stupid move. Very well, and, that, and that's the thing that really concerns me about this is he's sort of in this box canyon now, right? Yeah. Where the entire world is against him. There's sanctions. Internally there's, and externally, because right. like everyone who he like... When, when the Soviet Union fell apart and, and they were doling out control of all these agents, he eventually consolidated control, helped build the oligarchs, his buddies, handed them control of formerly state-owned right. enterprises, and they can't be happy about, like, right. Gazprom losing its its uh, 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 value by 50% in a day. Well, and then there's also, oh. like, non-governmental age, or, you know, actors now that are also imposing sort of, like, quasi-sanctions on Russia. So you have that going on, and then you have this— Because, like, for, what, the past 20 years, the story of Moscow has been like, oh, it's like a billionaire playground, you know? Like, yeah. you can party all the time, and then the ruble drops by, what, 40%? 40%. Uh, that's not a playground anymore. Like, there's a lot of people who won't be happy. And j- let alone the average Russian who, like, if, if they've worked hard their entire lives, squirreled away money in their savings account— it's worth nothing. Vaporized. Why? Because I mean, you're for seeing, no reason. This dude's like, I'm just gonna roll up for right. no reason. And you're seeing protests. Like, there's now. no upside. I, I mean, it doesn't make sense. And and it's it's truly like just a nutty, absolutely irresponsible. But like, you gotta be out of your gourd to make this play to be right. like, you know what? Because before he had leverage, right? Where he could be the threat is is greater than the eventuality. Yeah. Where it's like, you know. Fuck around and find out. Like, being able to talk shit was what gave him any leverage that he had. Right. Now it's like, well, shit, dude, we're going to just cut off all your money. Yeah. I, I wonder a lot about the information flow, right? Because it, the one thing that was really remarkable over the weekend was that how the rest of the world heard the disinformation flow out of the Kremlin and was basically like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this is your justification? Like, none of it's real, right? The entire world community came to a very quick assessment that there was actually no real threat here. Right. That Russia and Putin were moving because they could, not because there was something that... Putin, well, he was saying it was a peacekeeping mission. Which is ridiculous. For, for, for these, like, areas of the country that were going to be, quote-unquote, independent areas that he was going to recognize, right? Right. And then he marches on Kiev. Like, right, it doesn't make sense. So I have, but a, you got to wonder. Hold on, before go for, go you get into it. that, you got to wonder internally in Russia, how much of a foothold does this insanity actually have? How much of this disinformation is actually bought? Right, because whether we want to admit it or not, Russia was in a really bad place from a moral like standpoint and a morality standpoint in the Yeltsin era. Right, they didn't feel very good. Is the collapse of the Soviet right. Union. Every, everything was not worth bread lines, mm-hmm. all kinds of Putin shows up, restores Russia. It's like we should be feared. Right. And we should be and, that, and for folks who are down on their luck. That looks attractive. It looks attractive. And you can understand how 10, 15, 20 years later, how disinformation there can be sowed pretty easily because the alternative. I mean, a generation seen, has grown up being like this guy is supreme leader. Right. You know. Right. So you wonder. I mean, look, I'm heartened as anyone to see protests in moscow that shit just doesn't happen right? so i have a i have a, a very long but interesting anecdote about this whole disinformation russian situation so recently uh when i was down at hereticon uh i had dinner with uh this guy who had uh recently emigrated to america from russia and told me the story about i don't know if folks remember because this is this is i mean the the pandemic's been long but somewhat early on 
Uh, Russia announced that it had developed a vaccine. It was like August or something. Right, I remember this. And, and everyone was like, this is bullshit. Like, there's no way Russia's got the vaccine. This is all made up shit. And he told me what the general public sentiment was, is that this is just Putin trying to like own the West and being like, yeah, we developed the vaccine. Like, Russia is great. And because the public had that like distrust of the government, he said something like 12% of the public went out and got, got the that vaccine. initial set. And, and he said the real kicker is like, you know, now that the vaccine's been tested by, you know, scientists and doctors in America and in London, across the West, it's like 97% effective. But because the public had so little faith in their government in Russia, no one took it. Is that well, right? Well, so uh, that okay. is, in oh. a situation like this where you've like, you're seeing your savings account get vaporized. You're like, this guy's telling me that like we have to take Ukraine and like. However, counter- counterpoint, counterpoint, real quick. Have you seen these photos of, of, of Putin with his deputies? Yeah, all these, the way at the end of the all the, the way at the table. end. Yeah. If anybody doesn't who doesn't believe in the efficacy of his own vaccine, it's <laughs> Vladimir Putin. <laughs> right. Like that might actually be part of it. Like the, the like, last two years, Vladimir Putin's think, been like triple masked, like brainworm lib, it, like I, by I, himself. It's got to be a power move. If I was like running a country like Iron Fist style. I'd 100% let everyone know at the table. Like, this is my table. Dude, you this isn't letting like, people know. Like, this it's, is it's like, like Thanksgiving <laughs> with, like, the kids' table, except it's got to be at one table where it's like you sit at the end. And, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Have you seen the – whenever you see the photos of, like, Putin, like, it, when he did his, like, live address and stuff on TV, like, he's got this switchboard next to him. It's the weirdest thing because, like, I guess technology still hasn't caught up out there. They're good at hacking, but apparently not, like – he's got, like, 20 phones Next to him, like he's a switchboard <laughs> operator. What? It's like maybe the guy just needs space for all his phones. This like, is the guy we're scared of? Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. Well, what's so interesting about the response, and I think that, look, the global response to this has been incredibly quick in a bunch of decisions that we all assumed Europe would never make about isolating them economically because of the reliance on energy and because of the reliance on so many goods yep. and services out of out of Russia, we never thought that they would move quickly to like take them off the swift banking, for example. Yeah. Or or just basically isolate them economically. But what's so funny is to watch the Biden administration try to get ahead of this and be like, yeah, we've we've corralled the world community. Except for like the world community is ahead of the United States at this point. Right. Yeah, like uh watching Boris Johnson of all people who's like under duress in his own yeah. country, who's been just pushing hard like on the Swift thing. The, the whole reason I discovered that it had been put into place is Boris Johnson putting it out there. He's like, all the lobbying that I've put into so, effect for, like, I've, I've gotten a coalition of countries to be like, get Russia off of SWIFT, which is... Can, can, you, expl- folks- can you explain SWIFT to sure. our audience? Because, I, you know, it's it's been talked a lot about on Twitter, but people don't understand how that differs from other sanctions. Well, Smug probably is our resident finance expert, has a more specific... This is more retail finance. <laughs> Credit card transactions. Unbelievable. I mean, essentially, it's a, it's an international uh, transfer, yeah, portal, right? Right. Which allows you to conduct commerce over lines throughout in an international community, right? But its significance is that it is it is basically the hub for all international transactions, right? right. And this has become you know, beyond markets or anything else. It's it's the way that you do business for trading. Does that impact commodity markets like oil? So the market that it does impact and that I thought it would. And so I, me personally, I'm a very, very conservative investor. I'm a very index fund guy. 
slow and steady wins the race to me. But when I saw, uh, uh, I got a notification, I think, from WSJ on my phone in the middle of the night. It just, like, pinged hard of, uh, you know, countries are, are kicking Russia off of Swift. I was like, if, if I were a risky person, now's the time to buy, you know, some Bitcoin. I went back to sleep. And sure enough, it rallied because, you know, they, there's also been talk about how uh, China is trying to develop its own, you know, system that can process transactions outside of ones that Western countries have put into place, like SWIFT. And, you know, crypto essentially exists as, you know, no government controls this. It is right. completely in the hands of individuals. Uh, it allows for a relative degree of anonymity. Um, and I was like, th this is going to become like in everyone's mind that if, if there's a situation where transactions can't be processed, what's an alternative where right. transactions the same way that are gold, not controlled? The same way that gold is a hedge against yeah. like inflation in the market, right? That crypto would be a hedge to these other entities and, and, like and SWIFT. Enough, right now you're seeing like Northrop Grumman and uh, Lockheed Martin and crypto rallying. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, the saddest thing about that is that the crypto market, if ever there is a aggressive response that's worldwide, it will be. Yeah, it's sad because I I, I really hope right? it doesn't get painted in the light of like, oh well, this is like if if a demagogue or like some dictator this is, is how we doing get shit like. But it's like no, I mean, there's a place for for in my opinion, you know. Uh, individual commerce to exist outside of corporate systems. Well, it's uncancelable, and for a lot of reasons, it made tons of sense to conservatives in the United States who've watched everybody be canceled for a whole variety of unjust reasons. But you're right. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uses for it outside of if you are the supreme ruler of a sovereign nation invading another. Yeah, right. Like that's that's <laughs> right. not the the majority case use. So, but look, some some of the upsides of what we've seen out of Ukraine are the images of just straight up heroism from some of the just average individual people. Did you guys see the video of the dude with the freaking smoke in his mouth? It was unbelievable. Walking the the landmine yes. across I mean, the bridge. That, that guy that guy is a hero and his story should be told everywhere. I mean it's one of the great things about social media and the way it's covered this this um, conflict is that you actually get to see that stuff. You know, a broadcast news would have never shown it. Something else that something else we've seen. Have you seen these guys in like blue jeans and windbreakers walking around carrying their rifles just like to defend their neighborhood? I mean, it's it's the yeah. kind of thing that you just again, you wouldn't have ever seen on broadcast media. So so, so here's the thing is I am because I, I'm more of a pessimist, I'm skeptical of everything like any any video that's posted online if well, it's a dude walking in my right. i'm like that didn't happen like my initial response is nothing good ever happened all this is bullshit like uh there was this this rad video of uh this car it was like you know shot inside of cars it's driving and the passenger riding shotgun lights a molotov and throws it at like uh an apc or a tank that's part of a convoy yeah. and is like shouting stuff I was like, yeah, that's rad, and I really hope this is authentic because it would own. But at the same time, it's like y you don't know if any of this stuff is real. Like the way that war ha is fought, not just on the battlefield anymore, but like the, the PR whole, battle, the PR battle right. of like, do I know any of this is real? Like uh, prime example is like the ghost of Kiev. Like for folks who haven't heard, there's a story of like apparently there's this pilot in the Ukrainian Air Force who's just like shooting down Russian planes left and right. And like, 
I don't know the stats. I'm not in the Air Force. Or, like, he's the first combat ace in, like, I don't know, X amount of years, 30 years or something, who shot down, like, five enemy planes in one day. Dude, I totally hope that's real. I know a lot of the videos have been attached to it. People are like, no, man, that's actually from, like, a video game. Like, there's been a lot of, like, a shocking number of video game videos that have been purported to be, like, war footage. And there have been, like, foreign reporters who've made to look like idiots when people are like, no, actually, that's from a video game. So I'm skeptical of everything I see online. I hope to God it's true, but, you know, well, the, I don't the, believe good things happen. Well, the thing about social media is, you, you know, you engage with it, you retweet it, or you share it because it confirms your priors. Yeah, exactly. that's totally. it. Dude, that is it. That's, 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 it. The pro- that's the problem with the distribution of information on the Internet, right? And so, I mean, yeah. I will say, this will be the first... Probably an only time on the Variety program I will say something positive about CNN. Okay. Um, they've done a pretty good job here. Wow. They have good embedded reporters. They've done a reporters. terrible job. No, they, have, they have good embedded... Like, this is the thing. Like, when it comes to war reporting... You they know, used to... Like, I remember that when Wolf Blitzer had on the, like... Dude, that's what's happening. For some reason, a with guns flying over his head. Who's, who's, uh, so, who's uh, the uh, woman Who's the woman on CNN who was in Afghanistan as well? Clarissa Ward? Yeah, Clarissa okay, so Ward. She's respectable. She is that's so what I'm talking good. About. Yeah, she's respectable, for sure. I know people who are listening to this are going to be surprised for saying this, but, like, she is a fantastic Fox reporter. should snap her up, because, like, they got that dude in, like, uh, a ballistic vest in, in, like, Kiev or something. I don't know what his name is. He was the same guy who was, like, in Afghanistan as it's falling. He's like... I guess I'm going to keep doing yeah, my job. Steve, what's his name? I have, I have anyway, th- that guy. Look, there's been a fair amount of good journalism that has been done that sort of either confirms or disputes what you're seeing online. Yeah. And I, I, I take some comfort in that because we've actually take, it's been five years since I've seen anything redeemable out of CNN, right? Clarissa Ward, probably notwithstanding her Afghanistan reporting was fantastic. Was incredible. And through, but, there, there's a standard when covering war that is not the standard for covering politics, That's right. particularly domestically. And and these people have been doing the job. And frankly, they're in hard hats because they fucking need them. I right. say I say broken you know? clock. Other than close, no, I don't. But, but there you go, dude. Uh, but I agree. Hope, with you. But hopefully, hopefully, dude, hopefully, it's a teachable moment for journalism. It won't like, be. These but what they do, learn. but what they do in war, this war reporting, is they walk around. They gather information and then they tell their viewers the information. It's, and the information speaks for itself. Listen, there's no editorializing. Right. Listen, there's no way around it. It's refreshing to see. It, it comes at a great it, time it, for it, CNN, too, it doesn't does. it, Smash? It, because here's the thing Zucker does. out, who created all this shit for CNN. You got articles talking about how Stelter's concerned he's going to lose his job, God willing. Right. And then they get back to what made CNN the Wolf Blitzer coverage that you were talking about during the Persian Gulf and everything else. Let's just hope there's elements of that that carries forward. Well, look, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm skeptical and I'm skeptical because of the, course I am well, too. And, and the news, the, the news Zucker is this guy who is executive producer at the late show yeah. or whatever, which is what I think, which is has so become funny. like a left wing, uh, but, here, but here's show. the show. Here's the, here's the thing. Smoke pointed this out about the good reason to be skeptic, skeptical about the, the kind of um, videos and things you're seeing online from, unknown sources i think our audience knows to be skeptical about everything they're consuming whether it's coming from an unknown source online whether it's coming from cnn who admittedly is doing a better job or it's coming from a broadcast outlet i think that that the consumers of information that we have in america today are so much more sophisticated than they've ever been 
And I think that's a very, very good yeah, thing for our country. Well, here's also some other good news. Is uh, a tweet from Ken White. Ukrainian crew member sabotages and partly sinks 7 million euro yacht owned by Russian <laughs> oligarch docked in Spain. Tells judge, quote, I regret nothing. Who are, who, who are part of this? <laughs> what a king. <laughs> who are part of this? Uh, Ken White, who... Uh, know who this guy is there we go dude it's the inner strikes again (laughs) no look i i think i think look you're seeing a lot of vigilante justice regardless right one piece of that came from elon musk elon musk the spacex starlink satellite service internet service was activated based on elon's call in ukraine so when when russia is basically trying to shut down their ability to communicate Dude just operates outside the lines and gives him the internet. Oh See, yeah, I, I, I'm so torn on Elon because like I love when he does stuff like this, and like he he constantly like owns the libs and, and does his thing like uh, uh, attacking stupid policies. But then at the same like that's his that's his um, uh, SpaceX hat, right? But then he's got the Tesla hat where he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk anything about China because we do a lot of the manufacturing there. So <laughs> right. It's tough. It's tough. Well, I think that was a huge move. I think he deserves credit for that. Yeah, you t- you got to love a guy that picks up his shovel. Yeah. Right. Well, th- and look. that tweet of his that got him in trouble was hilarious. I mean, there's a bunch of tweets out. The one where, like, uh, I guess, what was that uh, uh, mission to, like, help those kids when they were, like, in, in this, like. In uh, the cave? In the cave. Yeah. I remember that. And, like, some, some, some person tweeted, I'm like, Elon, this isn't feasible. And he's like, okay, pedo. Based on nothing, <laughs> based on nothing, right? Accuses this guy of being a pedophile and gets sued and had to pay this dude. Yeah. But it's just like, you know what? He was like, fuck this. I'm rich. I'm just going to attack That's this actually dude the, on the internet. It's actually the coolest thing about the internet is that all of the walls that used to exist between people have gone away. Gone. You know? <laughs> One of the victims that we don't think about uh, during this crisis are the OnlyFans models of Russia. This was, I mean, the story's coming Wait, out of this. what? <laughs> you got to hear this. So Russian OnlyFans models can't get paid now because of the sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I didn't know this, and I mean this sincerely, I didn't know this. Uh, apparently, there's quite an industry of OnlyFans models in Russia. <laughs> I mean, this is rough. <laughs> So, according to I mean, like, I'm dying. This, I'm is, dying. this is almost dystopia where it's like, what about the cam girls? Like, <laughs> in, in war. And this is the Russian side. It's like, uh, imagine trying to be on the Ukrainian side of being like, hey, guys, what do you want to see today? And like, the building behind you blows up. You know, it's like, right. So, like, I want food, water, yeah. and ammunition. Like, holy shit. <laughs> These Russian people- only fan models can't get paid. Well, Speak- folks, <laughs> sanctions of consequences. <laughs> have consequences but in all in all seriousness i i, I think um i think the, the story here is you never know when conflict will break out and you can't have only fans as your only plans right <laughs> <laughs> especially not denominated in rubles the oldest profession only gets you so far <laughs> i mean jesus like that's got to be a tough gig i wouldn't be mad about not incoming but like the, the rubles that you do have are now half of what they were yesterday I mean, shout out Rolling Stone to be like, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, like I remember back in the day, they would send like, what's his name? The guy who got shot out of a cannon, his ashes, that uh, Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. That's it. That's like back in the day, Hunter S. Thompson would like fly out there 
and be doing LSD and ketamine, and, and yeah. ketamine while covering a war. And now they're like, hey, guys, what about the OnlyFans? Let's models? do a deep dive on the OnlyFans, huh? I, I mean, it, it, it did its job. It got attention for the program. So congrats uh, on that. A lot of conversation about whether or not any of this would have happened under President Trump, right? I mean, it wouldn't, but... It wouldn't. I have my strong opinion on that. But there's been some anecdotes that have been surfaced lately that I think are uh, interesting, to say the least. There was there was one about... <laughs> I love this. ...alleged confrontation that Trump had with Putin, where he said, if I move... If <laughs> quote, if you move against Ukraine while I'm president... Trump is said to have told the Russian leader, I will hit Moscow. Putin reportedly scoffed and said, no way, leading Trump to say, all those beautiful golden turrets will be blown up. <laughs> and here's the thing is, this is how you know it happened. Because I have never heard anything that sounded so like Trump. When he says, all yeah. those beautiful golden turrets will be blown up. Like, he would oh, a thousand percent he's say ta- that. He's talking about the, the domes at the top of the Orthodox Church, right? Oh, yeah. That's what he's talking about. Right. And, and, right. and I will move against. That's a verb he uses. Yeah, no, no, no. It is. It is. But then to supplement that, the Guardian reported that the United States staged a limited nuclear battle against Russia in a war game two years ago. Right? So... I don't know. Maybe there was something to this. I think he saw all the writing on the wall, dude. I mean, if you go back and you watch the video of Donald Trump sitting across from the delegation from Germany and saying 60%, 70% of your oil and gas is going to be coming from Russia. You're going to be owned by Russia. Why are you doing this? Yes. You, yeah. think, you think you're going to be strengthening NATO? You don't pay anything. You know, you pay 1% of your GDP. We pay 4% of a much larger GDP. This is classic Trump. Much larger, much larger a GDP. Much larger. And we pay 4%. Why do we pay so much? You live and on the, the commitment to on the other side based on a percentage of GDP, which right. they were not living up to. And it's like you live around the corner from these people. We're across the ocean and we pay four times as much as you. Yeah. Right? And then lo and behold, what do we hear this week? Germany's going to up, up, up their contribution to NATO. Oh, wow. Well, maybe if you would have listened to Donald Trump four years ago, this wouldn't be a problem. Maybe Vladimir Putin saw that weakness when he invaded Ukraine. Well, and also you signed the deal on Nord Stream 2. Right. Right. When you decide, when you make the the proactive commitment to have 60 percent of your energy development right. come from the Russia. Right. He knows he's got you. Right. Everything else is just fucking noise. Right. So, like all the Russiagate bullshit and everything like that in the Ukraine and the phone call. No, this is the reality. The reality is that Germany wasn't putting up the money to show Vladimir Putin that they meant business. If yeah. we're if we're all going to tell the like Trump is awesome stories, I also want to bring this one up. When uh, President Xi from China was actually visiting Mar-a-Lago, when Trump uh, sent the airstrikes and, and and the missiles to hit Syria, uh, when they were gassing people, and uh, he there's video evidence of this. He was talking to Maria Bartiromo, recalling what had happened and uh trump says he was eating a chocolate cake the most beautiful chocolate cake you've ever seen and he says you know president xi all these missiles hit their targets and says during the same visit he told president xi that if they moved on taiwan he'd hit beijing it's like the dude i mean this is how it works like how do you think nixon won vietnam it's a a demonstration it's a demonstration it It, fucking works it's a demonstration project yeah Hey, here's a little preview. Like it, it is is fuck around and find out with right. consequences and with teeth. Because like the thing is, is they don't know if he's going to do it, and that's why they didn't do it. Right. You know, that's why all the media for years 
tried gaslighting Americans and succeeded. They made a ton of money off this. How many people got their Russia book deals? And it's all based on a lie. All a lie. All based on a lie. Yep. Well, so you won't be surprised to find out how the American political press is covering this. Oh, boy. Listen to this fucking headline from the Washington Post. U.S. economy appeared ready to surge, but Russia's invasion of Ukraine could send shockwaves. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is what, the, the, when you when you see these, these unknown accounts talking about what's happening in the war in Ukraine, and everybody's like, oh, don't read these accounts, don't read these accounts, and then you see this from the Washington Post, you're like, what argument is the Washington Post making that I should trust them instead of these accounts? Yeah, I mean, the video game, look, the video game video of what's happening has more credibility than that headline. And and, and along the vein, I want to bring up, so CBS News had this tweet on February 22nd that says, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, we talked about this last last week on the program. This is the whole situation. Right. They're hoping this can be a way to draw attention away. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, the, the thing is is that Biden is so grateful to have the opportunity to have only one of his failures in the news. Instead of every day, it's like a dozen different <laughs> right. ones are being discussed. Seriously. He's like, okay, and this, and this one, one failure could be is used, better than 10. Yeah, this one could be used to paper over everything else. And the press is, is willing to go oh, along yeah. with it. Let's get, let, let's get to, because I've got a lot to say on this, but we've got a little SCOTUS, like a little uh, uh, State of the Union walkthrough that okay. I think we should do. But first, let's talk about Hank the Tank. Okay. Hank the Tank, there were a lot of headlines last week. Yes. Has supposedly been exonerated. Yeah. DNA evidence, according to the Sacramento local CBS station, exonerated Big Bear Hank the Tank from the Tahoe area break-ins. They did DNA evidence of the break-ins and found out that this bear in particular was not responsible for many of the break-ins. That it was like at least three other bears, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, at at one level, I think there's two ways of looking at it. At yeah. one at one side of things, you could follow the smug's point of view on this, where he said right away, Hank did nothing wrong. Hundred percent. He was being framed. Right. I have somewhat more complex. Okay. Take. I think Hank's like the Godfather of the woods. But that's yeah. not doing anything wrong. <laughs> like this is the scene where remember they bring uh, uh, in, in Godfather. When he brings the dude's like brother back from Sicily in the courtroom, or like in front of the Senate hearing, yeah. And uh, when 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 the dude sees his brother from Sicily at the Senate hearing, he's like, "Oh, you know, I don't know anything." And K, dummy K, is like, "Oh, how did that happen?" <laughs> I I think the thing dummy, is, is that dummy K is that <laughs> the takeaway is Frank did nothing wrong just because he tells someone to push the well, hang first the of all tank hang, hang, hang the tank did nothing wrong when he tells someone to push the button. They push the button. See, I, I, I but I see it. When he's like, you know, get the picnic baskets and, and bring them back get here. The picnic, <laughs> the picnic basket. I mean, when Hank he's says like, the word, Yogi. he says the word. <laughs> I love that Hank is now Yogi Bear. <laughs> get the picnic he's, like, he's, like, he's like the godfather meets, meets Yogi Bear. It's I mean, like, he says the word and they roll out. It's like, yeah, yeah. boo boo. They bring it back for Hank. It's like it's like the end of the Godfather. You know, where Michael Corleone is there for the baptism. Yeah. Right? But it's Hank the Tank and everybody's out there getting the picnic baskets. <laughs> right? Incredible. You know, like at the end of the Godfather. Do you denounce the, Satan do you and Hank the Tank's like, yeah. get those, <laughs> get get those, those picnic get baskets. Those. <laughs> but I think, you know, 
when we talked about this story before, one of the stories was about Hank going like going through a window yeah. or whatever. And this Hank bear, couldn't fit through Dude, a this bear's like 500 pounds. He couldn't fit. Couldn't fit. No. I knew in that moment that it was possible. Yeah. Well, he was framed. You know what? This is typical because it's Tahoe. There's a lot of people with money there. They're all libs. We all know this. <laughs> it, it, it was typical lib stuff. They're like, oh, you know, it was a black bear. They all look the same. Like, <laughs> I thought it was Hank the Tank. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's the standard lib mindset, right? I mean, I'm I'm sh- I'm not shocked, sadly. Hank the Tank did nothing wrong. Worst case scenario is he suggested to some of his friends, listen, you know, we can set up a system. You pay, you know, kick up tribute. There's no reason we all need to starve. <laughs> like, that's a very dumb thing, you know? When, when, it's like Henry Ford figured out. You have every person do their own job, and everybody does great in this situation. <laughs> There's no way this bear is 500 pounds. Like, you see, these photos right. tell you the success of Hank. Right. Hank is in the waste management business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a simple waste management bear. <laughs> All right, so we we originally planned to talk through the Supreme Court. We're going to do that on Thursday because I I think we have to spend a little bit more time than a lot on that. The one thing I want to bring up, tonight you're going to listen to the State of the Union, right? And I imagine that there's going to be a heavy Ukraine piece of this for for all the obvious reasons that it's what the world's focusing on. Also, the fact that this president doesn't need to talk about the rest of his failures, Right. But the one thing that I think you're not going to hear any discussion out of Biden about that I'd be curious about your all's take on is the fact that this president and his policies and the Democrats in Congress have proactively made America not energy independent, right? Right. They did the opposite. We were. We were. We were. We were. And they shut down federal lands drilling leases. Right. They shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. They've basically limited our ability to be completely energy independent. And now you're seeing all of the market reaction to what's happening with Russia, who supplies, no doubt, a lot of oil, natural gas, having an impact on American consumers. Listen, folks, there is a direct through line on all of that shit. There is. It is not. This is not a, a something that is happening to you. Because of Vladimir Putin, we had the capability of insulating ourselves from madmen, whether it's in the Middle East, Russia, or anywhere else. And these people proactively chose. Day one. This was their first priority. Is how can we cripple America? Well, folks, here's how we do it. And, and, and it goes beyond just crippling our energy independence. Not only do we have to give money to madmen, their plan for what the future, because they, they, they gaslight Americans into being like, oh, we've got this Green New Deal. The future is, is these clean, renewable resources, which is dependent upon solar panels from China. It's like, oh, right, okay, great. Right, oh, right. thanks. So that's a great alternative to like Americans having well-paying jobs and us not having to depend on anyone. Just that we're just not allowed to use our own energy that's here. Oh, yeah. We've talked about yeah. this before. America's a pretty big country. But Democrats only want to use energy that's available And, and, and like overseas, the examples they here. use is so insane. You'll have you'll have these like uh, uh, celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone flying to Davos talking about climate change, and they're like the U.S. needs to cut back on emissions when China's like seven times yeah the American output for carbon and and that's who we're going to going to give all our money to to get their solar panels. That's our plan well, as opposed to us being energy independent. So I want I, I just want to give. <clears throat> 
our listeners an opportunity to hear what Joe Biden directly said about this last fall. But I do think that the idea that Russia and Saudi Arabia and other major producers are not going to pump more oil so people can have gasoline to get to and from work, for example, is, uh, is, 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 not, is not right. This is what he said. This is the plan. This also, is the that plan. was not doctored. That was not Ashbrook hitting the remix. Remix. Th- that, burr, was, burr, burr, that was actually Biden. Yeah. That's, that's no, the no, guy no, no, no. calling the shots. Yeah, you pull oil out of other countries, you're it, not allowed to have it here. But it reminds you of the conversation that we had 20 years ago when we were attempting to become energy independent, where we had to beg OPEC and other countries to produce more in order for our own citizens to be able to do their jobs. Right. This guy, we had that. We cured the problem. This guy and the Democrats in Congress proactively made the decision to make us reliant on Putin, make us reliant on Saudi Arabia. That should never, ever be forgotten by anyone. Let me let me read something from Joe Biden's own administration. This is the U.S. Energy Information Administration. This is a government entity. OK, it's from February 18th. EIA expects U.S. petroleum trade to shift towards net imports during 2022. The the intro of this says, following its historic shift to being a net exporter of petroleum in 2020, (laughs) right? Yeah. The United States continued to export more petroleum, refined, blah, 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 than it imported in 2021. According to our February 2022 outlook we expect net crude oil imports to increase yeah making the united states a net importer of petroleum in 2022 this is from our own government stats michael you are leaving out a very important figure in this subject and that's greta thunberg (laughs) and and what greta says very clearly is that if russia and china are producing fossil fuel energy it's okay. Right. Honestly, we're not allowed to do here's it. Here's the thing America. is we can either have a bunch of well paying American jobs and energy independence, but that will make the Scandinavian Scandinavian kid mad. So like I think we have to go with not trying to make the Scandinavian kid mad. The, 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 Germ- the Germans are, uh, are are very happy with their decision yeah. to play. I mean that's the thing, is like when Biden shows up day one and he kills pipelines in America but lets Russia have Nord Stream. That tells you everything. Right. Like, this guy hasn't made a good decision. All his decisions have hurt America, without right. exception. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. One, one thing I do want to say, if we if we can have the quick preview of, of our uh, SCOTUS, uh, State of the Union SCOTUS talk, is I think it's important for folks to know, uh, this is an article from the Washington Free Beacon, the highly esteemed Washington Free Beacon. It says, Supreme Court frontrunner, this was at the time frontrunner, when Ketanji Brown Jackson, and I can actually pronounce the name correctly, Ketanji wow. Brown Jackson. Good job. Everyone at the White House. Uh, oh, they got a problem with that. Th- they say Kentaji. They can't even spell the name right. I saw a lot of tweets where it was misspelled. It was unbelievable. Uh, but she pushed conspiracy theories about the Bush administration policies, and uh, she was a zealous advocate for Gitmo terror suspects. Direct quote. Oh. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot happening there. And also, uh, I've been tipped off. Uh, back when I could check my DMs. The DMs aren't working on my mobile. I've been tipped off that Biden's going to say something about dark money. Folks, don't forget, the New York Times had that article about left-wing organizations spending over a billion dollars to elect Joe Biden. And when when, when I tweet and I tell you folks, like this is a hobby horse for me, when I tell you folks that this is like a cash and carry government, 
You know, when Jen Psaki, when, when his chief of staff, they were all getting checks from left-wing dark money groups. This is why he's giving them a shout-out. Well, our, our friends at Americans for Public Trust actually tweeted out something along those lines, Mom, Yeah. Uh, when they said uh, that despite the news not breaking until this morning, this is back on Friday of last week, Arabella's networks demand justice uploaded their mm. ad praising Judge Jackson 16 hours ago. Oh. So the Biden team tipped off their dark money allies before they even told members of the South. Who could have told them? Was it was it White House Communications Director Jen Psaki? Who I used think to work there, She used right? to work for, oh. for Demand Justice. Gosh, dark so money weird. Or, How could that have happened? Or was it claim to fame? Oh, <laughs> let's, play let's, let's play a game. Let's play a Let's play claim to fame. What do you think? Fellas? Excellent say. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. Claim. Brainworm takes forever. You're gonna like my post most. I feel engagement forever. Broken brain takes with no shame. Claim. Hot takes up to eleven. Saving Joe Biden from blame. Claim! It's gonna live forever. Ronnie, remember my name. Remember, 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 remember. Okay, so we're gonna play Claim to Fame. Uh, four tweets by, uh, you know, various brain-wormed people on Twitter, three of which have been retweeted by White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, one which has not. You have to guess who was not retweeted by Ron Klain. All right. Statement number one. This is a quote tweet from uh, Tom Nichols. Uh, the original tweet from this guy, uh, Steve Herman. It's a quote that says, it's unfolding largely as we predicted according to POTUS. And the quote tweet from Tom Nichols is, this is all Ukraine stuff. Biden's team was not caught flat-footed here, and they used U.S. intelligence assets better than anything I've seen in a long time. Mm. I, I, okay, okay. <laughs> I, got, I got some intel on this. Statement number two. This is also a quote tweet. Um... The original tweet is from Richie Torres. The DSA and Tucker Carlson have joined forces to form a pro-Putin axis in American politics, an alliance of useful idiots. The quote tweet is from Bill Kristol, who says, excellent statements from two New York Oof. Democrats. Oof. Statement number three. This is from Jennifer Brainworms Rubin. <clears throat> A fine speech. Serious sanctions, as promised. Biden's critics, who acted as stooges for Trump and Putin, will still whine. They might as well put on their Team Russia shirts. You actually used this. I used it last in, week. In, in uh, King of the Hill last in losing, week. In losing fashion. But did Ron Klain retweet it? We'll find out. Okay. Statement number four. This is uh, Brian Schatz, mm -hmm. the senator. This is a competent whole-of-government effort, and the way we are coordinating with the rest of the free world is super impressive. Perilous times! But I'm damn glad that Joe Biden has been preparing for this crisis for decades. Oh. oh. So All right. I got my around. pick. Secret. secret uh, I have transmitted to Duncan 
my secret pick for the one that was not retweeted by Klein. Okay. All right, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. Um, I say yes on Ruben, definite yes on Schatz. Uh, one and two, I think, for me, I think Crystal is a bridge too far even for this guy. I'm going to say number two. Okay. So so here's my thinking, and and, and this is a very unique uh, claim to fame for folks listening at home because Duncan revealed the tweeter. Like, usually it's just the statement, and you never know. I think it was number three. He said it was from Ruben, and I think it's a reverse psychology because Duncan knows Ruben is a fave of Ron Klain. Like, she's the, like, second-in-command White House comms director. Yeah, The way Klain right. pushes her tweet. That's right. So he's trying to trick us. Number two, I was like, I, 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 I took notes. I said, man, I hope not. Like, <laughs> I think it is. I, I think I think uh, number one, Crystal, is, is such a clown who only lives off his father's fame that he would be like, yes, New York Dems are good. And I, and I think they would actually push this idiot. Uh, so it was actually a reverse, reverse psychology. Reverse, reverse. Yeah, the Ruben. Did, did, oh my. God. Yeah, Klain did RT Jennifer Ruben there. <laughs> uh, the Stooges for P- Trump and Putin tweet. He, this yeah, is like RT'd Inception. That. I yeah. have to go like to the second level now. And yeah. Do the reverse, reverse. Uh, Holmes is correct. Yeah. Uh, wow. He did not RT Bill Crystal. He did RT uh, Tom Nichols, and he did RT. Brian Chat. So, so I got uh, back when I could see the DMs. I got so many people to send me that Klain had retweeted Tom Nichols. Like that is how crazy things have gotten. <laughs> but you're blo- you're blocked you're blocked by everybody. So yeah, you need yeah. those. Yeah. I mean the absurdity of it. But well done. Excellent game. Well, good game. Job. Good game. All right, let's get to the interview. Mary Catherine Ham. I want to welcome to the program somebody that we've pined to have on for quite some time. Uh, she is one of the best personalities on the conservative side that you will find. Anywhere in politics, I've been a long-time admirer. Our show, I think, has got a lot in common with her just generally. Mary Catherine Ham, welcome. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here on the Variety Program. So I just learned that you have your very own program. I do. And it's called Getting Hammered. Oh, it's a serious program. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I love this show, and partly because it adheres to my own philosophy, and I, I love people and things that adhere to my own philosophy yeah we, we uh, which do, is yeah. hey let's uh let's talk about the news and not be blowhards <laughs> totally. it is um there's a real market failure in cable news <laughs> <laughs> you could that. say that and so i try to i try to do my best <laughs> well it carries more weight when uh when you can make that kind of critique yeah. uh so we appreciate that but no we agree i mean look if you can't laugh at i mean you just cry yes. you just cry and it's everywhere and we got a bunch of tough things going on right now but I wanted to start out with something semi-serious with you because I think you've been at least in my eye because I I pay great attention to what you do I think one of the most profound voices for parents dealing with COVID uh, over the last year you've been remarkably um, human and and I think I think basically all of us again a market failure (laughs) But you wrote a piece in The Atlantic called Kids Shouldn't Have to Be Resilient, which if you haven't seen it, you should Google it right now and you should read it. I think it was just a fantastic piece. I'm wondering if you can't start there and sort of walk us through your experience. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, I have, a, I have a story of my own that was sort of public, but if you weren't following me, maybe you haven't heard. But uh, in 2015, my husband of four years died in a bike wreck and I had a 
two-year-old and I was pregnant with our second mm. at, at the time, seven months pregnant. And so obviously that was tough. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I wrote, I've written a couple times during the pandemic about the idea of parenting through trauma or through something that's very stressful, through this adversity that, that we all were sort of going through at the same time, especially at the beginning when people were very scared and didn't know what to expect. Um, and one of the things that started to grate on me throughout the pandemic was this idea that we were going to treat children with policy and sort of in our own, ho own homes as a bulwark against adults being infected with the virus. Yeah, what a great, right? great point. And that was my line in the sand. Like the, the kids are not the defense mechanism. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, they, that should not be how this works. And I think, uh, you know, that's a lot of the argument for, for mitigation practices in schools, for mandates for child vaccines uh, right. for COVID in schools, which is sort of ramped up for a while there and now is chilling out again, along with everything else, right before the State <laughs> of the Union. Yeah, weird how that works. <laughs> um, but I thought back to my own experience and said, look, my job was to stand in the breach for them, for my children. Yeah. Because... As a job of a parent, yes, usually. And I, and I specifically asked people, can you help me with this? I don't want to be a sad trombone in every room I walk into. I don't want to live scared because a terrible thing happened to us on one day. Uh, and so that meant practicing risk assessment, talking to a therapist, getting getting real about what my actual fears were. Mm -hmm. And I think during the pandemic, unfortunately, in the very beginning, it was stay home, stay safe. Stay home, stay safe is very simple messaging, right? Mm -hmm. But what it did was it discouraged and sometimes even demonized personal risk analysis. Well, that's such a good point. And if you can't, if you get out of practice doing that, by the way, humans aren't great at it to begin with. <laughs> if you If you get out of practice doing that, getting back into practice is going to be really hard. Because everything's a risk. Right. Right? Getting right. back into risk assessment means that you're taking on risk. Right. And we and impossible. we really, you know, it would be, I'm sure people would get it if I said, my, ki my kids are never getting on a bike. Right? Yeah. But that's not a fair decision for them. And it's not a fair assessment of the risk. And so if we think about COVID in that light, we sort of focused on this threat for children when, and, and misread the risk to them thanks partly because of media coverage, yeah, right. misread uh, the threat to them in such a way that let every other threat flourish for kids. Yeah. And that is a disservice to them. And it, it is our job to say, hey, we're the adults. We're going to make policy in such a way that reflects the risk to children, which is, thank God, very small. Right. With, with few exceptions. Right. Well, you're, you're totally right. And I hadn't thought about it, conceptualized it this way until you wrote about it, which is, when we come to the conclusion that children have a very low risk of, you know, significant sickness with COVID, we very quickly pivoted to the point where well, they can't infect others. Right. And it, to your to your point, to your core, core point, instead of them being the one thing beyond all else that we're protecting as a society, we've shoved them to the front lines. Yeah. And you still see it happening. I mean, California, when they're getting rid of, of mandates, mask mandates, in restaurants and in businesses and all these things. And they're like, no, no, but not the schools. I know. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? I know. And the rest of the, the rest of you people do not live this way outside <laughs> of, outside of ER docs. Right. 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 <laughs> no one is living that way. The way that LA kids in particular outdoor masking until like the last week or so, they've started talking about rolling that back outdoor masking, <laughs> <laughs> which for, has been bizarre since the beginning for the tiny children. Mm. It's, Speaking of anti-science, that is the definition of anti-science. And they have and they have said, no, no, you're, they, they need to live this way. <laughs> they need, I, I listened in on a on a one of the early, not early, but in the in the past month, the discussions with Fairfax County 
public yes. schools about whether to remove masks. And they had a pediatrician, a local pediatrician on just straight up March 2020 messaging. Like, I don't know. Y'all probably going to kill your grandmas if you take a mask off. Oh, I'm no. like, <laughs> just incredible. I'm like, dude, that is not where we are. We have modulated. I mean, read the room. Well, as we, someone once said. I feel like also in, in this process, they've sort of optimized for the edge case, right? Like they've optimized for, you know, a, a teacher who might be immunocompromised or whatever. We, we can find solutions to that that right. don't impact every kid who has to go to school every yes. single day. Yes. So instead of just recognizing that, like you said, for the vast, vast, vast majority of kids, this this has, you know, zero to very, very minimal impact on their lives. We're optimizing for these edge cases, these anecdotal cases to prevent kids from getting back to normal, mm-hmm. which I think is like also a thing that's been driven a lot by the media and these so-called experts who are following the science who get on there every day and say, well, you know, you're going to kill your grandparents. Right. 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 You know? <laughs> and I just think a bunch of kids and and their parents, you see the columns all the time uh, about, you know, we've been isolated for two years and I have children that can't get vaccinated because they're under five. And I, I know that I can't yell people out of their anxiety. I know that. Uh, but I want to grab the lapels and be like, I guarantee you, you are overestimating this risk. I, you just... And it's and it's hurting people. It is yeah. hurting people. Yeah, I mean, how frustrating is it? You mentioned the media component of it, and, it, and there's no question on this variety program that we spend uh, a lot of time talking yes. about that. Fair, right, <laughs> right. But I mean, you see it, and what bothers me, I guess, what's tough for me to understand is what's the sociology of all the like? How do you get to a point if you are a main member of the mainstream media? Where it's in your best in- interest to perpetuate idiocy and perpetuate this bizarre anti-science fear of all things around you. I mean, look, you've been in the middle of the media for a long time. I'd be really interested in your perspective on that. I think there's a there's a bent toward I'm just I'll call emotionalism, mm. which is the and it and I deal with this all the time in my circles. Like the demand that I be on the same emotional plane as you i can't just have the same opinion as you we have to we need to be, gotta up be here. outraged and if i'm too analytical about it that reads as not caring about the issue <laughs> and it's like well i'm i'm saying the thing man we're, ta- we're having a discussion like adults uh but too often that is not what people want to do huh. they there's a there's a therapy session going on sometimes and i don't think that that is I don't think that's a mature way to do policy and to discuss politics. No. I get that emotion plays into all of this. I get that. Um, but I think, for instance, uh, there's a lot of columns, as I said, about about people isolating their tiny children in their houses because they tested positive for COVID, putting a four-year-old in the basement bedroom like, good luck, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's unthinkable. And, about, like, all, and all the anxiety that these people are dealing with who who lived that way and have lived that way for two years. And by the way, terrible way to live. Get I, I understand you're upset. Right. Yeah. Um, however, if I were to pitch the column, my I had COVID and I had a newborn. Yeah. If I were to pitch the column that was like, oh, what'd you do when you had a newborn with COVID and two children in the house? I was like, oh, we just, I just n- nursed took, the baby and took, took care of her. <laughs> took and, care of the kid. And I, and I dealt with the fact that like, while there's a tiny, tiny chance that this could be detrimental, she has a very low chance of being in trouble. Would, that that's not a column that's getting printed. Well, yeah, and and, and <laughs> right, 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 because right. it's like the economics, and this isn't unique just to the media, but especially in the media, the economics of the media is views and clicks yeah. and people watching, and not a lot of people are tu- are tuning in to say, 
or to see people say everything's back to normal. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's great. Not like, it's like <laughs> watch this super chill mom get her newborn through COVID. <laughs> Nothing happened and it was fine. <laughs> Mom's so, doing mom things so today. That's that's, uh, that's not getting click. But but the you know put my newborn behind the guest bathroom door and pass <laughs> you know powdered formula under the crack like that right. that would get some views yeah <laughs> right that's just so hard to picture right i mean but these people exist. she got a fin for herself the rest of us she might as well us, the rest of us are in grave danger <laughs> she might as well learn now very important <laughs> very important i want to get your take on ukraine um i mean obviously i think for all of us this is totally heartbreaking watching what's happening over there and also, you have to admire the resilience of the people Ooh. there. I mean, Zelensky and everyone is giving Russia a hell of a lot more than they bargained for. Yes. And uh, it's really kind of a message to the world in, in, in some ways, sort of a modern day Churchill type movement. Yeah. Um, what's your take? I mean, it, it, that part is amazing to watch while also being heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a sort of retro feel to all of this. Like, there is. We're, we're really taking this back to the... Uh, uh, not the 90s, but the 80s. The fashions in the 90s that were taking the foreign policy back to the 80s. Um, <laughs> no, I, I. this is a good time to be thankful for our blessings here and to remember that the relative security we have lived in for yeah. basically the entirety of my lifetime, thanks to the Reagan administration's uh, you know, toppling of the evil empire, is a gift. Yeah. And it is not something we should take for granted. Uh, so that's where I am. I had a little discussion with the kids about the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which my, my eight-year-old is now calling communism. It's <laughs> good. It's a start. Right, right. right? So we're, we're working on it. Beating the Reds Honest, is a good place to start honestly, with children. Reds is easier to see. <laughs> I should have gone with that. Um, but no, incredible to watch leaders emerge this way. And I think another reminder about what courage actually is. Yeah. Right? And there, there's been this argument, not too much of this on Twitter, about how like... We, we could never do this because we have people who won't even wear a mask without complaining. <laughs> and I'm like, wearing a mask without complaining is not courage. Like, we have two different definitions of right. courage. I do love that about Twitter, though, that people can find a way to shoehorn yeah. their personal gripe into any topic oh, in yeah. national news. Hot yeah. you know? <laughs> No, like, Lululemon is too expensive. We could never live through what they're doing. <laughs> That's my gripe. That's so good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. But it it also puts into perspective, look, there's an awful lot of people emerging both left and right that have made very loud arguments over the last three weeks. Like, why the hell do we care about Ukraine? Why do we care about the Ukrainian people? Why why does this involve us? There's a lot of nukes that say you should care. There's a I mean, there's a practical reason, as you just pointed out, but also a very human reason. Right. And I think a lot of that, which had taken hold in both parties, looks pretty dumb today. And it, and it is on both sides. It, it's been actually sort of heartening to see most people coalesce around the yeah. notion that, that, hey, this is, thank you, thank you to Putin, by the way, shout out for being a very obvious bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> because there was no, it's not really gray area here. Yeah, we don't need interpretation no. here. And so I think, uh, I think that was helpful to rally most people to the idea that, hey, these are the bad guys. They're attacking some good guys. Right. Uh, I think Zelensky's ability to communicate particularly with European leaders where we've been reading, hearing about this uh, be, because frankly of a training in entertainment. Yeah. Right. Uh, reminds, reminds you a little bit of the Reagan story, totally. right? Yeah. That yeah. he was able to rally people because he communicated the, the goodness of their cause mm-hmm. and that matters. 
it's sort of refreshing to see that matter. And I know there are people on the, the outskirts who say it doesn't, but there's some real dumb, dumb tweets out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, no oh, and by the way, I have some dumb, dumb tweets too. So. Well, we all have them. We, we generally try to mitigate them at some level. But yeah, it's a volume game. Do it's you though? <laughs> My percentage is... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, a it's like a batting average. Yeah, you got to keep them, you know, above 300. Oh, got to keep swinging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, I think it is the case that, I mean, today, as you're listening to this, it'll be the State of the Union tonight, and I think it is the case that the Biden administration will have a big section on Ukraine. I also have absolutely no question in my mind they will figure out a way to fuck up the messaging on everything overall it's the one promise obama made that he was right about it's <laughs> <laughs> right can fuck up anything it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly right so what are you expecting from the state of the union oh besides i mean like i suppose we should have like side bets about whether he makes it through it we might need a bingo card or something like a ruthless bingo card something there was a part of me that hoped because it would basically not do anyone any harm that they would do this COVID theater thing just to show the country like these, this is, this is the people you're, you're dealing with here. And like our, the GOP has like the obligation to not be insane. And of course has trouble doing that from time to time. But like that would have been a real contrast. That would have been a moment. Uh, Cause there was a constituency for normalcy, which is what they're finally learning. So I kind of wanted them to do the handful of people in a room with masks I totally on, agree. all triple vaxxed. Totally agree. <laughs> However, it looks like we're going to get something a little bit more normal looking. I expect this to make almost no impact on mm. polls. Mm-hmm. I think the the date is delayed. It feels weird. Why are we doing this now? Uh, I think the decision making on COVID stuff is nakedly political. Yeah. It's fairly obvious. And the fundamentals are just not great. No. And to talk about them as if they are, which is part of what he has to do, real tricky task. And he is not the greatest orator. (laughs) (laughs) You picked that up. Yeah. You picked that up. The bar is high. I mean, look, if they have to be, I mean, look, as cynical as I am, I don't think that they look forward to this. But the fact of the matter is, is Ukraine and a Supreme Court nominee have bailed them out of talking about a bunch of really bad things right i mean they have they have kept kids triple masked if in school at all not to say anything about the curriculum they have got an economy that has just been absolutely atrocious in large part because of what they're doing they've shut down domestic energy production in this country which oh by the way is connected to the ukraine situation i mean there's basically nothing that they've touched immigration Afghanistan. I mean, you just it name bad. it. It bad. It's all really um, bad. Most of our d- domestic energy production goes to gaslighting. That's actually <laughs> number one. They're super good at that. They're so good. That's that's actually what's going to be in the speech. A yeah. ton of ga- like, oh, we have released your children yeah. from the from we the hell it. we put them in. You're welcome. You're welcome. We did it. It's like when they they talk about the job creation numbers and they're like, we let you go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> How about a thanks? Yeah. You're I, welcome. Can I get a pat on the back, please? <laughs> the thing that always blows me away about that is because that's exactly what they do. Right. But then they look around like waiting for applause, uh-huh. right? As yeah. if as if they actually aren't in on their own joke. No. Oh. Like this is they... they Randy Weingarten has been at the vanguard oh. of getting kids back in school. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, guys. right. Did you see that profile? Was it New York Times or it's New Yorker? appalling. Oh my gosh. It was the most amazing thing. And then like two weeks after that came out, she's like, mm, no, 
Yeah, no more. Yeah. Kids and by the way, this is what the the parent constituency that that sort of carried uh, carried Yunkin over the line and uh, and more than over the line in Virginia. They're just going to get madder and madder the more you gaslight them. Yeah. yeah, this is that's part of what is making people riled up. Yeah, is that they keep being told even. <laughs> They were arguing that they should have their kids back in school. And everybody who's in leadership is like, y'all just want children and immunocompromised teachers to die. It is shameful. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, yeah, no, we were we were definitely working on this the whole time. That will not fly with these parents. I live in an area and a lot of people, God bless you, in the rest of America did not have to experience this because schools were rational and went back. Yeah. Shortly after they closed down in fall of 2020, or even even sometimes before, here they were closed for a motherfucking year. <laughs> <laughs> closed for a year, a year, yes. And they were so bad, and they treated parents like crap yeah. when they came to complain. And those people are, if they are gaslit in this state of the union, which they will be. Oh yeah. They will t- continue to get angrier. Well, it's so true. And more racist, obviously. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> don't forget the racism. Heavy racism. The thing that, that is so different about this situation than so many that you put your finger on is that so much of federal policy is sort of esoteric. And it's sort of like a like a trickle-down effect, whether it's you know energy policy, taxes, all these other things. The, the amount of direct impact is you know, hard. This is so direct, it's ridiculous. Yes. Right, because you felt it is your own family. It was your kids. You've been concerned about the development of your kids forever. So the gaslighting, actually, you're right. In a weird way, there's no way for them to get right on this. No, like you took a year from these kids, and the ones who were most at risk are now most in trouble. Which that's what people were saying. Right. Yeah. And the whole time they're like, no, 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 it's gonna be fine. Zoom school's awesome. It's really, it's good for them. Screens are good for them now. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Seven hours of screen per day at the bare minimum everybody That's, loves that, that everybody can. that is what makes the brain work <laughs> kids respond really well no to it's that. ridiculous and they pretend to be confused as to why parents are upset or attributing it to something else by the way there's an order of operations schools closed for a year then people mad about curriculum because you know what they're li- you invited them in right you invited them in via Zoom to hear what you were teaching. And then when you were like, we're going to rename some schools and get some electric school buses and uh, right our historic wrongs, they're like, okay, great. Um, don't care about any of those things. Where are the children? They're not in the schools. <laughs> right? Can we do math? Because that seems like it's important. Priorities. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, all right. I have three big questions for you. Okay. Uh, but before I get to that, on getting hammered, is that a... Is that a cocktail party uh program because i'm gonna check it i'm subscribing as we speak you can be drunk anytime you listen to it okay well that's good because that's the way we feel (laughs) about it's a it's a bit of a morning show vibe okay chatty yeah my friend vic mattis over at free beacon yeah uh, hosts it with me and it's a a lot of fun you should check it out we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna check it out I, i would love that um all right so here's our first question okay if you could plan your last meal on earth what would it be okay I'm going to be real on brand here and then say, I will order a Bojangles Cajun filet biscuit combo with fries, Hell yeah. a side of dirty rice, and I'm walking across the street to the Waffle House because I do not want to leave them out, and I need uh, hash browns triple covered and smothered. Ooh. <laughs> oh, and you will notice there's nothing sweet in there because I don't really like sweet stuff. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. No dessert for me. Is there a beverage associated with this stack here? Oh, that's a good question. Uh... I mean, obviously, just need a Coke. Okay. 
Yeah. A Coke and a sweet tea, actually. I need both. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, so, going, I'm going out. Who cares about the carbs, Exactly. Right? So yeah. Bojangles over Chick-fil-A. Yes. Okay. I'm a Bojangles girl. I love Chick-fil-A, but Bojangles Swear has, my, for you. has my heart. Okay. okay. That's my heart. All right. And you can take that order from me and copy it and go to a Bojangles. Make make the trip. Make the pilgrimage, people. I'm always preaching it. <laughs> if somebody replicates that order, they, it will be their last meal on earth. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I work out, so that I can yeah. continue to have those Cajun flavor biscuit combos. <laughs> on top of a waffle. and I got it. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. Two, if you never got into this intersection of journalism and politics, right? If your career trajectory was just somehow totally different you could blue sky what you wanted to do with your time what do you think it would be uh i think i think i'd like to be in a writer's room hmm. like like comedy yeah stuff and now they'd how soon before they'd figure out who i was and <laughs> ban me yeah no, no. <laughs> ma'am you need to leave uh, i'm pretty sure she's not wearing three masks yeah. that is let's get her the fuck out of here she's trying to tell some jokes she we thinks, don't allow those she thinks different things but i i think that sounds like a fun environment yeah, uh, totally. and, I, and i never i never went the entertainment route part well i guess i'm sort of an entertainment yeah, you kind of are i attempt to be but uh but yeah that's but that's a tough gig i mean being i'm i'm funny on a on a political pundit scale it's a much lower scale yeah, tell us about than it. actually being <laughs> funny right so yeah right right <laughs> yeah we're just baseline a little funny yeah you no know. it's it's we just basically re- record what a happy hour sounds like yeah oh and right. if i there is another one american ninja warrior wow i would just spend if i could i would spend a year of my life just training for that now i've aged out okay look i got three kids i'm 41 almost 42 but i'm not in my prime <laughs> Do you think you could get through a course? But I think I could come back, guys. <laughs> if Maybe, I just, is there like a senior circuit? <laughs> <laughs> I love yes, seeing those videos, yes, though, please. where they speed run. Like, you know, you'll see one where someone yeah. just speed runs the whole thing, the whole course, yeah. and does it in like... 30 seconds yeah it's amazing but if i had it to do over again maybe i'd go back to my 20s and try that and try that yeah, yeah. it's not a bad idea it does seem pretty cool yeah i was no way i get through well it reminds me a prime. little bit growing up do you remember um guts no mm-hmm. you remember guts with the aggro oh, yes. crag oh yeah the kids competing and all these Michael competitions Malley. yeah 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 and at the end you have to climb this mountain you get to touch the crag and that's how you win you get a piece of the aggro crag the mountain reminds me a little bit of yeah. that i spent you know? my whole childhood watching those Shows like I would kill that. Yeah, like Wild and Crazy Kids. <laughs> Double Dare. Double Dare. I was oh, yeah. like, and I'm, and my family was just too cheap to go to Orlando to do it. With it. <laughs> my dad just had ESPN on, and that's what we did. <laughs> if I didn't like sports, I learned to. The, the Zoomers who listen to this are going to understand zero of those references, but look it up. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. So here's the third question, mm-hmm. and this is where we get some analyzing of you. Um, it's about what goes to motivate you. And the two poles that we lay out are you're either motivated by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. But it's not just that simple, right? Nobody likes defeat. It's right. the thrill of victory is basically somebody who's who's constantly motivated to accomplish for themselves. And they're a, a sunny warrior, an optimist charging up the hill. The agony of defeat person is somebody who every setback they've ever had in life, they wear it like a backpack. And they just it just drives them to try to make sure it never happens again and then they go in a different direction. Right. And the person is like Michael Jordan is the one that I always say is the agony ultimate agony of defeat person. Right. 
<clears throat> so those are the two poles. Like, where do you think you find yourself? I on? think I'm more thrill of victory. And uh, I think that's with my own personal story. Yeah. The baggage goes on my back, but on my back, it's behind me. It's mm. behind me. That's not where I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't plan well enough to like worry about the agony of defeat <laughs> and plan to prevent it. That's not a thing. That's not a thing I can do. Um, but no, I, I try to be sunny and even when it's tough, yeah. uh, even when it was its toughest, because that helps me to move forward. Uh, and I find that I, I am I am motivated by being afraid of failure. Like, you know, you're in public, you're walking a <laughs> tight tightrope here sometimes if you're on if you're on TV and I don't want to mess that up and I want to get things right. So I feel like I'm motivated by that until the second I get out there. And then I'm like, yes, this is so fun. <laughs> Particularly if I have a live audience. That's right. <laughs> That's right. As we've come to find out. Listen, um, where do we find you on your Substack? Uh, I'm at MK Hammer Time. Okay. On Instagram and Substack, MK Hammer on the Twitter, and uh, getting hammered on wherever you find podcasts. Yeah. I like to brand brand myself. I actually have a T-shirt on that just says MK. Right yeah, now. you've got like nice. a bedazzled, <laughs> a bedazzled MK, and you've got you've got camo yeah. tights going. No, for the ladies in the off, uh, audience, I'm MK, and I I buy anything Michael Kors on sale because the logo <laughs> is MK, and I am not at all a narcissist. You are you're really making a statement here. We really uh, appreciate. it. I wanted it. to remind them, you know, when they're introing me, <laughs> make it easy. <laughs> Well, listen, Mary Catherine Hamm, I can't thank you enough for coming to join us. I hope we can do this again. This is, this is, I think, honestly, you're one of the most important voices that we have on the conservative side in terms of making life human for moms and dads and children and everything that we're dealing with. So I really appreciate all, all the work that you've done, and we'll continue to follow you wherever you go. Thank you so much. Love being here. A privilege. <laughs> See ya. I just love her. She's a great, just a breath of fresh air. Great takes. You know, just feels like somebody you can totally relate to at every level. Yeah, I feel like we could have talked to her for hours. Yeah, well, I mean, that was an absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen. Outstanding work, everybody. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors. Thank you so much to our guests. And thank you to our listeners. I'm loving seeing these numbers keep going up. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the lids. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. <laughs> <laughs>